Welcome to Sports Rivals with Monty and Ernie, lively, entertaining banter on sports topics you want to hear. Welcome to the Merry Christmas edition of the Sports Rivals. We are coming at you one day late as we took the uh, Christmas holiday off, but that doesn't mean that the show is going to be any less, less packed. We've got Lakers and Celtics on Christmas Day, unfortunately. <laughs> We've got NFL Week 16, big upsets, a new top five for both Ernie and I, our picks for Week 17. We're going to talk a little bit about college football national signing day, which teams did the best, Did how did Hawaii do when it comes uh, to that, and then we're going to preview the college football playoff, Michigan, Alabama, and Washington at Texas. So there's so much to get going. But first of all, wishing and hoping that everyone had the very best Christmas day yesterday. But Ernie, let's get cranking. Let's get at it. Starting with yesterday's Boston Laker game. Now, I'm going to let Ernie talk most about this for two reasons. First, his team won. <laughs> but secondly, in, in our family, we have a Christmas tradition that every morning we go to see a Christmas morning, we go to see a movie. So my wife and my daughter and I, we went to see the color purple during the Laker game. That's before I knew what time it was. Um, so I fortunately did not see the game, but Ernie did. So your thoughts? I loved it. <laughs> I loved that. I mean, initially, right off the bat, Celtics. Uh, Pretty much dominated the opening seconds of the game, uh, going up to a 12-0 lead. Uh, Lakers fought back, and like usual, when a team gets a big lead, uh, and the Celtics are famous for this, they let go of the pedal. Uh, the Lakers come back. They get to within two points uh, during halftime. And then it was a blowout. <laughs> if you told me that AD would score... 40 points, get 14 rebounds, and the Lakers, who are a terrible three-point shooting team, would shoot 40% from three-point range, and the Boston Celtics, 30% from three-point range. I would have told you that the Lakers would have won. But no! <laughs> the second half was dominated by the Celtics, and you know the eventual outcome uh, was an 11-point win by the Boston Celtics. It's a one-game series. And with everything said, I don't really think that this is going to be the iteration that the Lakers bring into the playoffs. I really believe that they're going to make some changes on that roster. And, and, and you know what? I believe that Darvin Ham is being really questioned right now on the lineup that he's been put out there. I mean, I was, you know, I'm, I don't follow the Lakers that close. But when I saw Vanderbilt, Cam Reddish in the starting lineup, uh, you know, over... And yeah, Austin, it's all, it's all big guys. You yeah, know, a tall, yeah. long lineup. Yeah, but that you, seemed to work uh, against OKC, but did not work out against Boston. Yeah, I mean, what he keeps you, trying different combinations, and and unfortunately, it just again we talked about this last week. Since the Lakers won the in-season tournament, they've now gone two and six. 
Right. Um, and they're just not playing that well. I mean, LeBron is still playing really well. AD has been playing really, really, really well. well. So you have the two main guys playing well, and yet they're still losing. And Austin Reeves is playing well for the most part. But they're not getting the same production out of D'Angelo Russell. He's really been struggling after a hot start. Um, Rui Hachimura, to me, the Lakers got to start him because... He's not doing well coming off the bench. And they signed them to a four-year, $54 million contract. And I'm hoping that the Lakers don't try to purge all the guys that they signed in the offseason to try to get some junk person. Today, the latest rumor was DeJounte Murray um, that the Lakers are now interested in. But the problem is everybody wants Austin Reeves, and the Lakers are not about to give up Austin Reeves. And I w- I not w- for a DeJounte yeah. Murray, I not w- for a Zach Levine or a DeMar Rosen. Um, they're trying to package D'Angelo and Rui and um, all the spare parts like they did last year to try to get somebody of significance. But right now it's just not working, and it's not working with the two stars. In Boston, Porzingis had a great game. But other than Porzingis... Tatum struggled. He ended up with 25 points because of the free throws. Inefficient. Inefficient shooting. Um, You know, Holiday was was pretty efficient. Holiday had a good game as well. But they only played nine guys, basically eight guys. The Lakers played a ton. Um, But Boston, best record in in basketball. So the key, I I think we both agreed in the the preseason that they're going to be the best team in the East. I still think the Nuggets are going to be the best team in the West. I think it's pretty clear that the West is stronger than the east i think right now it's boston milwaukee and um philadelphia philadelphia is playing really and b might be playing better this year than he did last year i agree they're playing really really well um it's just gonna come down to and it was weird i was listening to the herd this morning uh and they have the same concerns boston's coach in the playoffs in a tight series against a superior coach um, because the starting five for Boston is clearly the best starting five in the East, right. if not all of the NBA. Right. They don't have a lot of depth, um, but that starting five, when all healthy, they're going to be tough to handle. They didn't even play that well. Well, they didn't shoot that well. I didn't see the game. Yeah. Statistically, they didn't shoot that well. 50% from the field, 75% from the line, 31%, as you alluded to, uh, on threes. And then you had, yeah, you had AD with 40 and 13. You had uh, Tari and Prince with five three-pointers. Yeah, he went, and, he went off. You know, so I, I'm guessing he's what brought them back in the first half. He did. Um, but congratulations to Ernie. Ernie's team gets the W. And... Uh, Thank you, Color Purple and Family Tradition, that I did not have to (laughs) endure that. But it is December. It's just one game. But I think for Ernie, it's a validation for the Celtics being the favorite in the East. For me, there's something missing with this with this Laker team. And I like Darvin Ham. But right now, I'm beginning to question if he's the right person, um, because you kind of keep flipping with these lineups continually and it doesn't hurt it doesn't help that Gabe Vincent's played like two and a half minutes and now he's out two months again minimally with another injury Um, but you got to find some kind of continuity and you kind of be flipping lineups all the time because what it does is all the guys that are getting replaced they lose their confidence 
So now you're even more so relying on LeBron, AD, um, and AR because D'Angelo's lost his confidence. Rui looks like he's lost his confidence. You're not even playing Jackson Hayes anymore. Christian Wood doesn't smell the court anymore, which is, I don't know why. He can rebound. He can shoot. No defense. I'm not sure. Right, yeah. but if you're playing with AD, this team is is... It's not working. Since Christian Wood went to the bench, it's it's really not working. This lineup is not working. Uh, there's not enough offense. So Lakers are struggling right now. There's no doubt about it. They are still barely over 500 um, and out of the playoffs right now if it ended today. So. No, and I, I, I think that that part is uh, something that as an outsider looking in, I have no worries as a late, if you're a Laker fan because at this point last year, I think they were in worse condition. You know, I mean, you didn't, you didn't, at least you have the two guys that are healthy. Now, does that stay true during the meteor part of the season? Uh, who knows? But if AD and uh, LeBron are healthy during the playoffs or even close, they're going to get in and they're going to, to me, they're the, I, I, I like them over Minnesota. I like them. I don't know if I like them over Phoenix, but well, I like Phoenix is a mess too. Yeah. I mean, their chemistry, Durant's frustrated, they keep fighting, they were fighting again last night. Um, they're a mess too because Bradley Beal can't stay healthy. Yeah, I like them over Dallas too. So I like I the Lake to me the Lakers are in my opinion at least they're to me they're at least going to get into the second round. Well, I think I think they proved last year when it comes down to the playoffs and it comes down to matchups and they're all motivated, they're going to play their best. They struggle with with motivation on a day in day out basis and they're just not that good, you know, where they, they can get away with that. But I'm thrilled with Anthony Davis. I'm looking at his stats, 25 points a, um, a game, 12.4 rebounds, second in the NBA. 55% from the field, probably the leading candidate or one of the leading candidates for defensive player of the yep. year, shooting 41% from three. He's having an incredible year, and so is LeBron. LeBron's yep. shooting 42% from three this year, averaging almost a triple-double at age 39. It's it's a marvel. But so far, all it's done is win them an in-season tournament. <laughs> other than that... Hang the banner. Other than that, it's uh, it's anyone's game. But again, that's Ernie. I'm Monty. Together, we are the Sports Rivals wrapping up our third season, our third year of the Sports Rivals. Want to express our sincere appreciation for those of you that have been with us the entire three years supporting us, including... Family members, we appreciate you. (laughs) But let's transition to the NFL because, again, this was a solid week for Ernie all the way around. Pittsburgh behind the juggernaut known as Mason Rudolph (laughs) responds, and they romp the Bengals on Saturday, I believe. So the Steelers get back on the schneid. Pickett could come back this week, but they're going to stay with Mason as they travel out to Seattle. So your thoughts on Pittsburgh putting up 34 points, including two long bombs from uh, from Mason to Pickens. When you're when it's Christmas and you got a guy named Rudolph on your team, it's meant to be. I mean, I even think that the offensive coordinator uh, held him back. I think they could have gone for more. They played him conservative. I mean, it showed in the uh, in the way that he uh, what you call that uh, didn't have interceptions. And I think he he threw the ball when his receivers had separation and to make sure that he did not underthrow. 
And but then again, when it go, goes to Pickens, a 50-50 battle, in my opinion, is not a 50-50 battle when you have Pickens involved. I think there there's a, an advantage on his. I mean, he's he can high jump and he's a tall wide receiver with good length. I think that's that's good odds up there. But it goes back to like what I was telling you last week. Trubisky was the reason why. And I knew this going in. I knew this when he came in after Kenny Pickett got his concussion and threw for three second-half interceptions when the Steelers were leading. And that offense looked inept. You know, it was just terrible. But you know what? The biggest output, uh, they're seeing rumors now that Pickett may play, but I think it's only if he's 100%. So it's a wait and see. Uh, we'll see what happens. They need to win. Right now, they are uh, out of the playoffs. Uh, they need things to happen. I need Baltimore to beat Miami so that when Pittsburgh plays Baltimore, Baltimore rests everybody after they lock up the AFC. And also need Indianapolis to lose. So, Santa, give me a late Christmas present. I need those things to happen. Well, it was a great game. It was a great, as bad as the Steelers have been for the last three weeks, they put it all together and they must be feeling really good about themselves going into the last couple of weeks of the season. Now they have to go to Seattle, Seattle. and they don't, they don't travel West well, um, but I could use Pittsburgh beating Seattle to help the Rams cause. Um, and then they go to Baltimore. So like Ernie alluded to, Baltimore now has a full game lead. If they beat Miami this weekend, they'll have a two game lead with one to play. They'd lock up the number one seed. There would be nothing for them to play for in the last week. So certainly I can't imagine Lamar Jackson would play that week. So before we get into the big games of the week and the shocking games i do want to talk about my rams on thursday night rams played another great Great game game. jumped out dominated the saints all the way into the end it was like it was like deja vu on the commander game they give up two late touchdowns to make it a game at 30 to 22 before they run out the clock now granted the second touchdown to uh Derek carr to perry really should have been offensive passing interference as he yanked down Kobe Durant but it wasn't called but the Rams offense is playing really really well they're protecting Stafford Stafford is throwing the ball all around the yard with accuracy Uh, Puka Nakua had another monster game with nine uh, receptions for 164 yards Uh, Cooper Cup drop two possible touchdowns uh, on the opening balls. couple couple of uh, couple of drives he seemed to be a little bit off kilter but that rams offense is putting up 30 points game after game after game for the last six games um, matthew stafford is on a roll unlike he's been since coming to the Rams, even in their Super Bowl year, there wasn't a six game stretch where he threw for, you know, almost 300 yards a game with 15, 16 touchdowns and only one interception. He's always good for some interceptions. Now he's up to 23 and nine. Uh, one of the leading quarterbacks in the N- the NFL in terms of QBR. He's up in the top four now, only behind Purdy, um, Dak and Josh Allen, then Stafford, but no one would really think that. But the Rams are playing well. Defensively, it's still Aaron Donald, Ernest Jones, and the the no names. <laughs> so that and they tend and Ernie by far the Rams have the worst special teams in the entire NFL. Again this week another block kick set up that 
first touchdown. Um, we lost to the Ravens on a punt return for a touchdown against Dallas. We had a block kick for a touchdown. It is a comedy of errors on our special teams. They are atrocious. We have 11 missed field goals on the year. Oh the goodness. most missed, missed field goals since 1985. Um Yet we've won five out of six, and we're nine. We're, yeah. we're eight and seven in the sixth seed, uh, ready to go. Now let's talk a little bit. You talked a little bit about the the Pittsburgh scenario and how you need Baltimore. So let's get to that game. One of my picks this week was San Francisco laying the five and a half against the Ravens, and boy was I wrong. I was shocked at the result. Not that I didn't believe that the Ravens were good, but the 49ers, this is the first game that they lost healthy. Everybody was healthy, at least to start. Trent Williams hurt his groin, but the game was out of control already by then. I think they were just saving him. Brock Purdy, the first interception, they drive right down the field. That was a bad pass. Then there was some bad luck with two tips that landed right in the arms of uh, Raven players. And then he threw a bad pick to start the, the second half. So four interceptions, and the Ravens did enough offensively. I didn't think Lamar was spectacular, no. but he did enough. Two touchdowns. No turnovers, key runs. He only had 45 yards rushing, but that 31-yard carry um, mm. right before the half I thought was big. Um, congratulations to the Ravens. So clearly, they are the best team in the NFL, and we'll get to our top five picks a little bit later. But you've alert, alluded to this before. They could easily be undefeated. They the, could. Their three losses are all late game. They blew, blew the it. leads blew it. Um, in all three and... They look solid. I mean, and the thing is, Lamar gets all the credit or a lot of the credit, but that defense it's solid. is the number one defense yeah, in the NFL for a reason. They lead the league in sacks, and you don't really think that because there's no TJ Watt. There's no Trey Hendrickson or Daniel Hunter or Miles Garrett. There's just a ton of guys all getting six, seven, eight, nine, ten sacks. Um, I don't know how many sacks they had last night, but they went into the game with 50. That Ravens team is very, very impressive. The problem, the biggest problem with last night, and I don't cheer for the 49ers a lot, but the 49ers now have to win their last two games to secure the number one seed, meaning when they play the Rams in week 18, they're going to have to play all their starters, which does not bode well for my Rams. So Rams got to take care of the Giants this weekend, and then we got to hope that we can get some cooperation from the Seahawks and the Green Bay Packers to lose a game. Um, and then we can get in even with a nine and eight record. But very, very happy with my Rams where they are right now relative to the expectations. If it wasn't for D'Amico Ryans and if it wasn't for uh, Stefanski and what he's done with Cleveland, Sean McVay to me has had his best coaching season ever considering what he's working with and how they've improved from the beginning to now is quite dramatic. He's getting every single possible inch out of every player on that team, and that's a sign of a good coach. So that is the Rams situation. That's the Steelers situation. Let's talk about the other big game, Miami and Dallas, a game between two heavyweights that are 10-4 and four coming into the game. Neither of them had a really impressive win. Dallas did beat Philadelphia a couple of weeks ago. Dallas, we've alluded to this, 7-0 at home, destroying everybody. 
three and five on the road now with some real bad losses there. Right. A tough game, a close game. Dallas drives down the field, scores a touchdown to take a 20 to 19 lead. Give Miami credit. Tua led the team down. They got all the first downs they needed. They kick a field goal with two seconds left to end the game. Miami wins to go to 11 and four, which is huge for them. Dallas loses to go to 10 and five. And it looks like Dallas is going to be the fifth seed uh, in the NFC but your thoughts on that game yeah and I thought that was very pivotal that Dallas needed to take this game because like you said Dallas on the road is a different team than Dallas at home and at the, at the fifth seed if they uh, continue that trend into the playoffs it's not going to be in the playoffs very long you know they're going to need they needed that win congrats to Miami I mean they they you know Took control of that game. Uh, I really thought it was done already uh, going into the fourth quarter, but Dallas puts up, you know, a valiant effort, puts up 10 points, you know, in the final quarter. Uh, but Miami has that field goal to to keep it out of reach. Uh, Tua played well. I mean, not spectacular well, but almost 300 yards. And Dak played well, yeah. in my opinion. Dak played you know? well. Again, both of them, no turnovers. Tua hasn't turned the ball over in a month now after that stretch where he's turning the ball over a lot. Um, here's the thing, though. With Dallas, they didn't have Tyron Smith. They're all-world left tackle who's had a great year. He sat that out, and you could tell that made a difference. Bradley Chubb was all over the backfield, taking advantage of the fact that, that, um, that Smith wasn't there. But on the, the flip side... Tyreek played. He played well, but he wasn't as fast as he normally is. You can tell the ankle was still bothering him. The very first play from scrimmage could have been a 94-yard touchdown, but he dropped it. Uh, And then Jalen Waddle barely played because he got first poked in the eye, and then he hurt his shin. So after that 50-yard bomb on the second play from scrimmage, um, he barely played. Mostert hurt his ankle in the first half. He barely played. You know, so all of these things bodes well for Baltimore against Miami this week because even if they play you got a gimpy Waddle a gimpy Mostert a gimpy Tyreek Hill and two offensive linemen not available against the leading sack team in the NFL yeah and just the fact that Dallas kept it close and Dallas defense has been uh you know one of the better defenses Mm -hmm. in the NFL this year Miami struggles with those good teams I mean Dallas I think was one of the first really good teams that Miami has beaten that's the only one the only one with a reading record and I think with Miami this week and I guess because these players were maybe these players were gimpy and that made it hard but five field goals only one touchdown you know so that's what kept this game close well first Dallas drives down to the half yard line and then fumbles Um, that was critical but then Miami was driving up and down the field but had to settle for field goal after field goal after field goal I think Tua was a little bit off at times he missed some guys that he would ordinarily not miss but that's what happens when Dallas is putting pressure on you you know you speed up a little bit and you got gimpy receivers so the timing seemed off a little but no turnovers made enough plays did the last drive congratulations to Miami they moved to 11 and 4 but again don't look now but the Buffalo Bills are at 9 and 6 and again if Miami loses to the Ravens this week which in my opinion is likely to happen and Buffalo beats New England in Buffalo as 13 point favorites this week 
which is likely to happen. Next week's showdown, Buffalo at Miami, will still be for the AFC East title. So Buffalo still has an opportunity to win the AFC East. And I actually think it's looking favorable. Yeah, because Buffalo's been playing well. Yeah, Buffalo's playing really, really well, although the game against the Chargers was closer than expected. I think let down after that Dallas game, travel across the country, Chargers playing a little bit better under a new coach. Uh, after being humiliated by the Raiders, uh, led to Buffalo having to survive at the end. So Buffalo's at nine and six there. And again, like we're talking about, it still looks like Buffalo Miami for the AFC East next week. Although Miami has already locked up a playoff position, so we'll see that. Now, I gotta say, as much as Ernie wants the Ravens to win for his Steelers' sake. I got to cheer for Tua. <laughs> I mean, I got to cheer for Tua here. Sorry, but anyway, Tua. <laughs> anyway, Miami's at 9-11-4. Buffalo's at 9-6. and six. Of course, the Jets, even if they beat the Commanders, they tried every possible way to lose to them up 27-0. They almost lose, falling behind 28-27. Uh, they kick a field goal. Greg the leg hits a 54-yarder at the buzzer to win. They go to 6 and nine the Patriots they go to Denver put a real hurting on the Denver Broncos playoff uh, playoff position they win there they've not won actually two out of their last three games under Billy Zappi Um, and they're at four and eleven still out of it but making things interesting for teams that they're playing so Buffalo you better be prepared Uh, and then the Ravens we talked about they're 12 and three the number one seed Cleveland wins again. They're at 10 and 5. They go to the Texans and and really controlled that game the whole way. If it wasn't for the kick return for a touchdown, it really would have been a blowout. That defense. Yeah, that defense is just solid. And Pittsburgh's impressive win at 8 and 7. And then the Bengals, after losing to Pittsburgh, they fall to 8 and 7. Again, all four teams still have a shot, or they're on the outside looking in. The AFC South, the Jags continue to flounder. They have not won. Since what? Thanksgiving? I think they've lost four or five in a row now, the Jaguars. And Trevor Lawrence is just not right. Whether it had been that ankle sprain that he never sat out or the concussion that he never sat out. Now it's a, a shoulder sprain. He just does not look the same. Um, and it's showing. Jacksonville's floundering right now. But everyone lost this week there. Yeah, and think Jacksonville's got two cup. Well, I wouldn't call Houston a cupcake, but they got Carolina, I believe, next week. If they lose those two games, I'll be happy because that I mean they're one of the teams that if uh, if they if they don't win throughout the year and Steelers can win the last two, that's another team that the Steelers can leapfrog. But I just don't see it happening. But you're right that that Jacksonville team is. Uh, trying to backdoor their way into the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, they're really struggling. Travis Etienne has been not as productive the back half of the year. Um, offensively, they're struggling. So the Colts lose. So Jacksonville still has the tiebreaker. They're at 8-7. and seven. Colts are at 8-7. and seven. Texans are at 8-7. and seven. They'll work their way out there. I can't imagine more than one team from this division when all is said and done is going to make it out. And then in the AFC West... The Kansas City Chiefs' struggles continue offensively. Two defensive touchdowns by the Raiders um, leads to a Raider 20-14 victory. 
So Kansas City falls to 9-6. and six. The Raiders are at 7-8. and eight. The Broncos, with that loss to the Patriots, are at 7-8. and eight. The Chargers are at 5-10. and 10. The Raiders are playing well. Kansas City is a shell of itself right now. But Ernie, did you see the ratings for this game? And this is another one I didn't even watch. Well, was, it, was, it, was Taylor Swift there? She was there. 29 million people with a high of 37 million people. The most watched NFL non-Super Bowl game Swifties. since 1985. It's the Swifties. <laughs> yeah. So she's good for the NFL, but ever since they started dating, she's been bad for the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, sorry, all you Taylor Swift fans, but they have not been the same since they started dating. Not that it's her fault. She's not dropping passes like all the wide receivers are doing. Now they're getting some critical injuries. Um, Chiefs are in trouble. I mean, Patrick Mahomes has never played a game on the road, and now he's going to have to win all the all games, games on yeah. the road. Yeah. Uh, and that's going to be a challenge for them. So right now, this is where we stand in the playoffs in the AFC. As Ernie alluded to, Baltimore's the number one seed. Miami's number two. The Chiefs are still three. Jacksonville's currently four. The Browns, the Bills, and the Colts. The Colts would be... The 8-7 and seven team that gets in. The Texans would be next as the 8th seed. Pittsburgh's the ninth, and the Bengals are the 10th. It really looks bleak for the Bengals right now. Their, their conference record is so bad that they would need a lot to happen to leapfrog everyone else to get in there. So Ernie's still hopeful um, that Pittsburgh can, can sneak in there. They dug themselves a little bit of a hole, but I still think that they're going to get the job done like they always do. Yeah, I mean, it, I just wish they did that Trubisky thing one or two weeks early. To lose to, to lose to New England until you lose to Arizona, to two team wins uh, at the time that they played. They, uh, something just tells me they don't deserve to go into the playoffs yeah that was, that was a disaster so let's quickly go through the nfc the philadelphia eagles get off the schneid although they make it really Hard. interesting yeah. with the giants they're now at 11 and 4 the cowboys lost leaves them at 10 and 5 both clinch playoff spots giants 5 and 10 commanders at 4 and 11 commanders playing out the string sam howell has fallen off a cliff he's been a disaster the last couple of weeks jacoby Brissett comes in and lights it up late um, Detroit Lions win their first divisional Yay. crown since 1993. I, I was two years old. Ernie was in his 30s back then. <laughs> in dog years. In dog years. Uh, the Detroit Lions 11 and 4. They get a big victory in Minnesota. Costly game for Minnesota. Hawkinson tears his ACL and MCL. He's out. Um, the Vikings fall to seven and eight. The Packers are at seven and eight, setting up a huge game this weekend in Minneapolis. Green Bay at Minnesota, both at seven and eight. This is essentially a playoff game. Yeah. The winner has a chance. The loser is done. So essentially, that starts the playoffs for these these teams. And ordinarily, I'd be a Packer fan, but I'm cheering for the Vikings this time because the Packers do have that head-to-head advantage over the Rams. The Bears playing some decent football. They're now at 6-9 and nine after a victory this weekend. Who's really playing well is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Baker Mayfield with 26 touchdowns now, 8 interceptions, playing really, really well. Mike Evans leading the NFL in touchdowns with 13 as a wide receiver. They're at 8-7. and seven. The Falcons are at 7-8. and eight. The Saints are at 7-8. and eight. 
and Carolina at 2 and 13. Finally, the 49ers are at 11 and 4, the Rams and the Seahawks are at 8 and 7, and the Cardinals are at 3 and 12. So, in the NFC, right now the number 1 seed is the 49ers still, the Eagles are 2, the Saints are th- I mean the Lions are 3, Tampa Bay's 4, Dallas is 5, the Rams are 6, and uh, the Seattle Seahawks are 7. So if it ended today, it would be an awesome first round game with Matthew Stafford and the Rams going to Detroit to play Jared Goff and the Detroit Lions. That That would would be be, an incredible playoff game. And I would like my Rams chances in in Detroit. We just got to stay away from Dallas and San Francisco as long as possible. But that's the way we shake out in the NFL with two weeks remaining. There are still 20 teams with a viable chance at getting into the playoffs. That's great news for the NFL. And as far as Ernie and I am concerned, that's great news for our teams because we're one of those teams that have a chance yeah and I like it this format where and this is why because now we you know when you have a rooting interest in one team that's one thing but when you have a rooting interest on several teams because your chances to make the playoffs are contingent upon those other teams that's even more money for the NFL they're loving it yeah and then they spread out their games over like four days so it's like It's a monopoly. So let's go quickly because we've got so much more to cover. and We're already 32 minutes in. My top five teams, the Ravens take over at number one. San Francisco still stays at two for me. Miami goes to three. Philly at four. And Detroit I have at five. Although cases can be made for Dallas to still be in that position. Buffalo and the Rams playing really, really well. I just can't get them in quite yet with a record so inferior to the others in the top five so baltimore san fran miami philly and detroit what do you say i say for the first time this year we are in line in alignment i have the same five in the same order you know i i don't believe with san francisco's loss and i mean like i said like we mentioned there were uh essentially four interceptions from purdy i don't think he does that on a regular basis that san francisco team is still strong uh you know uh, so they don't drop from that number two. Miami squeaking win over uh, an opponent where I think if they were on neutral fields, it may have been a different outcome. So I have the same teams. So we're, we're looking eye to eye, you know, in week 16. So with Miami, just real quick, because I think it's interesting, especially since he's a former Ram. But early in the year, they just outscored everyone. It was all about offense. Now the offense has been nicked up, whether it be A-Chain being out, Mostert being nicked up, Hill, Waddle, offensive line all being nicked up. Their defense, Ernie, before Jalen Ramsey was giving up 28 points a game. Since Jalen Ramsey has come back, they're giving up 15 points a game. Wow. Their third down percentage is gone from like 60 to 25. Jalen Ramsey has made a massive difference to that Miami defense. And that's the one thing that the Rams are missing right now. Man, I wish we still had him because we're getting beat bomb after bomb after bomb. Um, I wish we still had Jalen. But Jalen's making a difference on Tua's team, so I'll like that. Now... 
I'll quickly say my pick sucked this week. Uh, <laughs> I was going to change the, the Jacksonville pick because Trevor Lawrence was in concussion protocol all week, but I didn't. It doesn't matter. I lost that. And then I bombed on the San Francisco pick. I still think I was on the right side initially, but that didn't work out. I go to 0-2, snapping my 10-week streak of 1-1. One one. Um, Ernie goes 1-1. One one. He loses the Colts to Atlanta. He wins the Detroit-Minnesota one. So he stays relatively hot. This week, um, I'm going to spit mine out real quick. I believe Dallas rebounds coming home. I believe Detroit is going to be a little flat. They've already clinched the division. Realistically, they're not going to get past the Eagles. Dallas is going to be pissed, super motivated, and we know what they do at home. Right. I think Dallas is going to beat Detroit by two-plus touchdowns. I think this is going to get ugly for Detroit. Um, and then um, I like Tampa Bay to remain hot. I think New Orleans is just not playing that well. Uh, they're playing in Tampa. Tampa Bay is laying three points. Take Tampa Bay to eliminate the New Orleans Saints and secure and clinch the NFC South with a victory. So I got Dallas to route the, the Lions and Tampa Bay to route the Saints. I like those two picks. Mine are going to be based solely on emotion because <laughs> I need these two games to to essentially come true for the Steelers to make the playoffs. I need the Steelers to fly to the West Coast where traditionally they have not fared so well. Going up to Seattle... Three and a half point underdogs. I'm going to write it just based on the fact that Tomlin has not had a losing season. In all the years that he's been with the Steelers, even though this year has been questionable and there have been rumors that, you know, he may find himself on the on the hot seat. Uh, we'll see how that comes uh, towards, in you know, in the next coming weeks. But I need that to happen. So I'm picking the Steelers plus 3.5 for none other than the fact that the that the Tomlin teams have not had a losing season since he's been coached. The second team that I'm going to pick is the Baltimore Ravens uh minus three and a half versus the Miami Dolphins. I need this to happen so the Baltimore Ravens will rest all their players when they play the Pittsburgh Steelers in week 18 because if everybody plays and the, the Ravens need it I don't think the Steelers can overcome that offense because of the fact that they upset them earlier. I think they're going to be pissed off and, you know, run up the score on top of that. So please, Baltimore, beat Miami, rest everybody in week 18. That way, hopefully the Steelers can get into the playoffs. Yeah, and I love that pick. I mean, that was actually one of my picks as well, but we try to pick different ones. So this is one that we have an agreement. I think Miami, with all of their, their injuries, their nicked up players... There, it's going to be really difficult for them to travel to Baltimore with their boat wide receivers nicked up, with their lead running back nicked up, with their offensive line nicked up against that pass rush. I think Miami's in trouble this week. Um, so I totally agree with that for Ernie. So again, that's Ernie Imonti. We are the sports rivals. Real quickly, last week was early signing period for national um uh, signing day and I just wanted to highlight a couple of things first the top five classes or the top six classes are who you would think number one Georgia back-to-back champions uh, champions not going to be champion this year but two-time champs number one on the recruiting trail Alabama number two Texas number three Alabama and Texas both in the college football playoffs have stacked some players over the last couple of years but Ernie number four the U 
the Miami Hurricanes, Mario <laughs> Cristobal and his recruiting. Wow. Last year, they were in the top 10. This year, they're in the top five. He's starting to stack some talent. It's going to take some time, but Miami with the fourth leading class, flipping two players, one from Florida, one from Florida State, a five-star and a four-star, both flip on, on the last day to Miami. Miami finishes with the fourth leading class. Ohio State at five. Again, they're a perennial top five. And Oregon at number six. So it's all the traditional powers leading. So no matter what people say, coaching does matter. Of course, coaching matters. But at the end of the day, look at the playoffs. Yeah. Look at the recruiting rankings. Right. The teams with the best players play in the playoffs. It's just the way it is. Yep. And not, and to add to that, with the transfer port portal, you know, you the the mid level teams develop the players. Here come those same battery of teams it doesn't matter on the recruiting class i want to see the top incoming uh new players coming into the team uh recruiting and transfer portal let's see how that stacks up i bet you we see the same teams yeah, I mean, probably. So that that's kind of it. But I do want to allude to the Hawaii. I think Timmy Chang is doing just a remarkable job with the deck completely stacked against him with those facilities, playing on that field with no NIL money, playing in the Mountain West. He keeps home seven of the top 14 players in the state. Incredible. That may not sound like much, but that is, it, it's been more like one in five yeah. over the last yeah. few years. So they get seven out of the top 14. Granted, it's a little bit less talented overall class in the state this year versus last year. But to get 7 out of 14 in this environment is a good, good, good sign. They hang on to Michael uh, Michael Alejado from Bishop Gorman, the quarterback. There were rumors that he was going to defect and not sign. He did sign. However, his running back... Uh, friend from Bishop Gorman decided to go to Kansas State, so he did not honor his commitment there. But... If you've seen pictures of Michael Alejado, he's, he's so tiny. Yeah. He's 5'9 and a half, 5'10, 160 pounds. So the good news, I guess, is that um, Brandon Schrager, who had gone into the transfer portal, actually went and visited BYU. After that visit, decided, you know what? I cannot leave Hawaii. My heart is in Hawaii. He canceled two visits to two other Power 5 schools, decided to stay. And I think that might be a good thing. Give Micah Alejado a year to get bigger. He's not one of those NFL prospects that's going to be in a rush to turn pro. So let him get bigger. Let Schrager play one more year here uh, and then set the stage for Alejado in two years. That's got to be how it's going to play out. Although I was anxious to see how Micah could do next year. So we'll see. But congratulations to Timmy Chang. Certainly you're not in the top 10 in the national recruiting. But to keep 7 out of 14 is a good step in the right direction. And I know that you know for Ernie and I, we're proud of the effort that he's putting in. Recruiting Hawaii, representing Hawaii. Um, considering he is swimming completely upstream Everything stacked against Timmy Chang in Hawaii right now. Um, so I thought he was doing a good job. So that is just a little bit about the college football uh, signing day. And as we mentioned, Alabama and Texas were two and three. They're also the two teams playing. So we're going to quickly preview who we think is going to win the matchups. Michigan minus two against Alabama in the Rose Bowl, followed by Washington plus four and a half in the Sugar Bowl against Texas. 
Ernie, what do you say in the Michigan-Alabama game? I, I kind of wish that uh, these two teams were playing the other two teams. I think this would have been a terrific college football final. Uh, unfortunately, they're playing in the semifinal. All signs point to Michigan. I think Alabama's going to take this. Yeah, see, so, and that's what, I've been, that's what I've been hearing. So the money has gone from one and a half to two. So it seems like somebody is taking Michigan. But almost every single sports prognosticator all think Alabama. And there's reasons for that. Alabama has won six consecutive bowl games. Give Nick Saban that much time to prepare. He's very, very hard to beat. Turmoil with Michigan. A lot of turmoil surrounding Michigan all year long, including right now. Um, But... I'm going to take Michigan in this game. I just think it's the the world against us mentality that galvanizes the team. And Michigan will find a way late in the game to hold off Alabama 21 to 20 um, in a very, very, very close game. So Arizona, uh, Alabama covers, but I think Michigan will pull it out. And then in the other one, I think this is going to be the far more entertaining game. I think it's going to be points galore. I don't think Texas is going to be able to stop Michael Penix and those wide receivers. And I don't think Washington is going to be able to stop, you know, Quinn Ewers and those running backs and wide receivers as well. I like Washington plus the points. Maybe that's being Homer because I'd rather they win. Um, but I'm going to take Washington plus the points to upset Texas 41-38 in the Sugar Bowl. Wow, that's a that's a big score on top of that. I do like Washington over Texas at a smaller amount. I actually like the Alabama-Michigan game to be a little bit higher than what you picked. I just think Alabama, they showed me that, you know, like you said, when Saban has time to prepare, they prepare. When the lights come on, they showed me... Georgia is better than Michigan. If Alabama can beat Georgia, Alabama can beat Michigan. I like Michigan. I like. I see a score of twenty-four to thirty-one in that game. So Alabama thirty-one twenty-four. Yep, over okay. over Michigan. But it's going to be tight. And 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 again, turnovers is going to be the big yeah. player in this game. And, and and we shall see. All right. So that's how we got. So what do you guys got? Check us out on Sports Rivals Pod on on Facebook. Uh, and IG and sports sportsrivals.com never mind sports rivals pod on IG and Facebook sports rivals pod on Twitter tell us who you think what are your matchups for the final four but for the first time in a long time I think you can look at these two games and say any of the four teams could win this game any yeah. of the four teams could win the national championship true, true, true. there are no surprises and that is what the NCAA wanted when they left Florida State out and secured these teams. So real quickly, we're going to talk a little bit more about football in my closing thought because Ernie asked me to turn it. I do want to mention the Diamond 8 Classic. Hawaii goes 1-2, and two, suffering losses to Georgia Tech in the semifinals and TCU in the consolation matchup, combined with the loss the weekend before to Nevada, who rode to the Diamond Head crown. They blew out everybody. Nevada looks really, really impressive. Hawaii has now lost three of their last four heading into Big West play. Good competition, showing some vulnerabilities of this Hawaii team. I still think they're going to be okay, Ernie. I think they're going to do well in the Big West. I don't think they're going to win it. I think they'll come in about fourth or fifth like they seem to normally do heading into the tournament. And really, all that matters is 
the Big West. You got to win the tournament to get to the dance. You don't win the tournament. You ain't going to the dance anyway. So hopefully they can get back on a roll. But a disappointing Diamond Head Classic for them, considering how well they started the season. And then them winning the championship last year in spectacular fashion. So that's that. Now, let me transition again. That's Ernie Aimanti. We are the sports rivals. Ernie, um, speaking of bowl games, one of the things that is so complicated right now, especially if you're a sports better, is understanding who the heck is going to be playing in these bowl games. True. You have nearly 2,000 people in the transfer portal. Once you go into the transfer portal, obviously you kind of play in your bowl game. There's also dozens of players that are NFL prospects who have opted out. Caleb Williams, Marvin Harrison, Drake May, who have all opted out of their uh, their bowl playoffs. So this is such a different situation. So the bowl games used to be exciting, something that you celebrated, something that everybody got a chance to go to together, a culmination of your efforts through the season. You could spend a week together playing a game, end the year on a positive note with some momentum. Half the teams in the nation would, well, in bowl games, would end the year with a win, the other half with a loss. It was always a big deal. Every every bowl game was exciting. Now these players really don't care. If it's not the four playoff teams, the rest really could care less. So if you're a betting person, you have to be really careful that you fully understand who is actually playing. Like my Miami Hurricanes, they are favored over Rutgers. By name, you would think Miami would be a good bet. Rutgers is going to cover this spread. Rutgers is going to win this game. Miami's starting quarterback now plays for Wisconsin. Their two running backs have defected, so now they have a freshman starting. Their two defensive linemen are opting for the NFL, so they're sitting this out. Their two starting safeties, Cam Kitchens and James Williams, are NFL prospects. They opted out. So now, and there's two starting linebackers are in the transfer portal. So they have... A shell of a team right. going up against a Rutgers, Rutgers team that has most of their players still intact. So this is, a, a, again, a situation where on paper, on talent, Miami should win. But who's actually going to show up at this game? It wouldn't surprise me if Rutgers wins this game by 10 to 14 points. But that's how this whole bowl season is. Even Florida State, now that they didn't get in, their backup quarterback, who was able to play in the ACC championship game, he entered the transfer portal yesterday. Um, He's not going to be there. So it's going to be that same brutal quarterback from the ACC championship game up against Georgia. Good luck with that. Their starting running back opted out. Their two starting wide receivers opted out. Georgia laying the 16 and a half is going to be one of my favorite plays of this upcoming weekend. Georgia is going to destroy Florida State and what they have left. But it's a shame because I, I get it. Money talks, whether it be transfer portal trying to secure your NIL dollars or get, not getting hurt before going into the NFL draft. I understand it. I just don't like it. I think if you're going to do that, then why have the bowl games? Yeah. If the bowl games don't mean anything because people are going to stop watching. Like I have zero interest in watching these bowl games when you don't even know who's going to be playing so if it's not a uh, uh, watchable then there's no money in it and then the sponsors go away and it's just not worth having so hopefully they find a way that's why we've always been proponents of using the bowl games for the more bowl games for the playoffs to create some interest in it um but that's just me 
little bit of sour grapes missing reminiscing about the old days where every bowl game mattered whether it be our hawaii or my or miami or anyone the rose bowl didn't matter who was playing in the rose bowl it would everybody would be fired up for that game now if it's not in the playoffs like this year nobody cares uh, it really it really doesn't matter other than the team's fans of that particular college i don't think people care which is a shame yeah i agree with you at the, but at the same time i'm one of the i guess i'm on the opposite side as far, i always thought that we had too many bowl games you know we still have too many bowl yeah, games yeah we have too many bowl games and i kind of think this is the beginning of the end for all the all small minor bowls i mean hawaii was a benefactor of that i mean i remember as long as they had a winning record they would get into the hawaii bowl you know that was the caveat on, uh, of the hawaii bowl factor so i think this is the beginning of the end like you said it, it's going to lose you're not going to get sponsorship because the sponsorship wants viewership. Uh, and it costs money to bring all these teams, uh, you know, to, uh, you know, wherever they're coming from, you know. So I think this is the beginning of the end. It's a good thing that the college playoffs uh, championships are expanding. This might prompt them to even expand further, you know, just to fill those bowl games, like how you said, which would make it exciting again. Uh, but yeah, for me, there's positives and there's negatives. Eliminate some of these bowl games because I, 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 I liked it 30 years ago when every bowl game had teams that you're following throughout the year. Now we, now we get some, you know, barely over 500 teams playing a barely over. Well, Ernie, just here in Hawaii, the Hawaii Bowl this weekend. Just to just to tell you, the the stadium sits 15,000 people. If you watch the game, there are like 15 people there. I had 12 tickets and three parking passes for this game <laughs> in working my relationship with the ESPN Honolulu and, and my relationship with KHON. I couldn't give a single ticket away. Nobody yeah. wanted the tickets. Yeah. And I was asking my staff. I was asking friends. I was asking business associates. Nobody wanted the game. Nobody had interest in watching Coastal Carolina and San Jose State, despite the fact that Chevin Cordero was here. But that's just an example. This is happening across the country. All these bowl games are empty, um, which is a shame because, again, it's a it's a four tv event yeah that's what it is these are all four tv events but at the end of the day the sponsors need to get a return on that investment and if eyeballs don't start turning in that's going to be a problem that's me grumbling about that i'm going to go ahead and close this show again let's recap it starts off with the celtics uh stupid improbable (laughs) irritating victory over the lakers yesterday it was a good weekend for ernie as his steelers win my rams continue to be on a roll nfl action gumming down the wire over the last two weeks our picks for this week I like Dallas and I like Tampa Bay. Ernie likes the Steelers plus the points and the Ravens minus the points. And of course, college football playoffs. Ernie likes Alabama. I like Michigan. We both like Washington in an upset. We'll see what we think. And again, Sports Rivals Podcast on IG and Facebook, Sports Rivals Pod on Twitter. Thank you again to the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, Kule and Paul Brick, 8 a.m. to 9 a.m., 760 a.m., 95.1 FM on your dial with Wake Up in the Den, your home for all OIA sports, HPU sports, Dallas Cowboy sports uh, games, and the Clipper basketball. And until next week, Anything else, Ernie? I'm good. Again, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. The Sports Rivals are out.
Thank you for joining us on the Sports Rivals podcast. Check us out on social media at Sports Rivals Podcasts on Instagram and at Sports Rivals Pod on Twitter, where you can share topics you'd like to hear.